Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Teaching Tuesday on the Interlude podcast. On today's episode, we are going to talk about questions you should ask your oncologist. We'll talk about questions that you want to ask before you start treatment, whether that be with chemotherapy, with targeted therapy, with anti-hormone therapy, questions to talk about during the course of your treatment, and then questions to ask after your active cancer treatment is finished. And for some people, that may mean treatment after chemotherapy is over or follow-up after chemotherapy is over. That may mean surveillance. That may mean during the survivorship period. So we'll kind of touch on all of that. I often get asked in my consultations, is there anything else I should ask? Is there anything I missed? So these questions can be really helpful and, and serve as a tool to make sure that you're getting at least the very basics answered. Meeting with your oncologist you know, can be overwhelming. You may often have limited time, so you want to come prepared to these appointments. And this episode should begin to guide you in some of those ways. I'm your host, Dr. Eleanor Toplinski, and I am a board-certified medical oncologist specializing in the treatment of breast and gynecologic cancers. I started the Interlude podcast as a way to share the journeys and experiences of women who are going through cancer. On this podcast, we talk about anything and everything related to the cancer journey, the treatment, and life after cancer. As a reminder, the information discussed on this podcast is not meant to serve as medical advice. Any specific medical questions should be directed to your healthcare team. Let's dive right in. When you meet with your oncologist, whether it be for the first time or a follow-up visit during chemotherapy, your time may be limited and you want to get the most out of those visits. So it's really, really important to come prepared. What I mean by that is think in advance about what you want to get out of that visit, what the goal is of that visit, and what questions you need to answer to accomplish that goal. So for example, if you're coming for a routine chemotherapy follow-up, that visit may be a quick, let's check in on the symptoms. If everything is going well, you're going to go right off to chemo. But on the other hand, you know, if you've developed, let's say, neuropathy, that numbness tingling in the fingertips or toes in the last week, you want to come prepared with that question about, okay, what should I be doing for my neuropathy? And will this impact my subsequent chemotherapy? That's one example. Really, really important to write everything down so that you make the most out of that visit and you don't leave that visit thinking, oh, I wish I had asked that. Now you have to put a call in and you know, you're much better off kind of getting as much out of that visit as possible. Breaking this episode down, I'm going to divide it into three parts. Your first part is going to be when you meet with your medical oncologist for the first time. The caveat to this is I'm only talking about medical oncology. We're not talking about breast surgery, surgical oncologist, a radiation oncologist, the GYN oncologist, and so forth. We're really just talking about meeting with your medical oncologist. We'll talk about the questions you want to at least think about before going to that very first consultation, questions that you may want to be asking throughout your Initial treatment, let's say for breast cancer, maybe it's chemotherapy or maybe it's starting a medication like tamoxifen. For other cancers, maybe chemotherapy, immunotherapy, so forth. And then questions that you're going to ask when you're done with what's considered your active treatment and you enter into a survivorship period. 
those will be the three parts. First part, you're meeting your medical oncologist for the first time. There's a lot that's going to go into that visit. That's going to include a history of how your cancer was diagnosed, what kind of symptoms did you have, what kind of testing, biopsies, diagnostic procedures did you have done, what your other medical history is, what surgeries you've had, what your family history is, what your social history is, what do you do for work, do you smoke, what's your family situation like, do you drink alcohol, on and on it goes. So that's a really big part of that initial visit. After that history, and, and also physical exam, of course. So after that first part is done, you're going to sit and speak with the oncologist about your diagnosis, what it means, and what the treatment recommendations are. Now, the treatment recommendations are going to differ among different cancers, different subtypes within that cancer, and that's not the focus of today's podcast episode. Today's focus is what questions should you be asking? So you're meeting with the oncologist, they're going to give you a treatment plan. What are some questions that are really important to ask? In my mind, you want to walk away knowing what your treatment will entail, but also how does that practice work? What I mean by that is, let's say you're a recommended chemotherapy. Make sure you understand how often the treatment is going to be given when it's going to be given, where it's going to be given. So a lot of times people will say, well, where exactly is the chemotherapy administered? The logistics are very, very important. The logistics are important because this is a situation where you very often feel that you do not have control. By at least gathering the logistics and having a plan, you are taking back some of that control and that can improve your mindset and lessen anxiety. There is a lot of questions you can ask, but here are my top five. When I am meeting with somebody, if they say to me, what did I not ask you? I always make sure that we address these five topics. Number one, who is part of the medical team? This is very important because when you call with a question or you call with a symptom, who is going to be taking those calls? Who is going to be scheduling your scans or your chemotherapy, who's going to be filling out your disability paperwork. If you need to come in for a sick visit, who is going to see you? Again, knowing who the players are and how they all communicate with each other is really important. What I tell my patients is that we have a team of a medical assistant, a chemotherapy coordinator, a nurse, a nurse practitioner, and so forth, social work, dietitian, and we have a whole, whole team. But the key is that we all communicate with each other. When you are given a recommendation, you want to be sure that it's standard and that your oncologist is on, you know, that everyone's on the same page. So that's going to be the first question. Who is on the team and how are they communicating with each other and with you as the patient? Number two, what happens after business hours? Is there somebody on call? Who is on call? How do I reach this person? Another really important point, because remember, when you're getting treatment, you may have symptoms on a Saturday, on a Sunday at 10 p.m. at night, and you need to know who to call. You want to stay out of the ER. If you're having a reaction to a medication or you're having vomiting all of a sudden, you're not sure what to do. You need to know how to pick up the phone and reach somebody, and you want to know who that person's going to be on the other side of the phone. Is it another doctor in that practice? Asking 
who am I going to get if I call after hours? Number three, what about a second opinion? So a lot of people are often afraid to ask this question. I will tell you, obviously I don't speak for everybody, but everyone I've talked to and myself personally, we don't get offended if you want to get a second opinion. I think that's very important. I think a cancer diagnosis is life changing. And I, as I have always stressed, I'm such a believer of empowering yourself and taking action and being proactive. And if you feel like you need a second opinion, go for it. A lot of times too, you know, as a lay person, you may not know whether this is a cancer where people get second opinions or not. So I'll tell you that, you know, for a standard breast cancer, for the most part, the recommendations are going to be the same. Now, there's some differing regimens, and that may be worth getting a second opinion. Or if you have a very rare cancer, your oncologist may say to you, you know what, you know, this is a rare cancer, maybe it is worth getting a second opinion. So this is not necessarily as much of a question, but just a conversation. I always make people, or I always tell people that it is okay to get a second opinion. No one is offended by this. The other part that's really important is where you get a second opinion. A lot of it also has to do with logistics, right? So you want to be close to your cancer center. You want to have ease of access to it. Things like parking and paying for parking is simple but important. Sometimes it's just a better fit with one doctor or another. So all of those things are okay, but I'm here to tell you to have that conversation about whether or not to get a second opinion if that's something that is important to you. The key is always open and honest communication. That is going to set up that doctor-patient relationship to be so successful going forward. The next question is all about COVID. Obviously, depending on where you are in the country when you're listening to this and depending on you know, how many cases and where we are, first wave, second wave, peaks, spikes, all of that. I think you just need to know what is gonna happen in your community. You want to know how your treatment will be impacted by the current COVID situation. I tell all my patients that their chemotherapy will not be affected in terms of the administration of the chemotherapy, but I have had patients who put their chemotherapy on hold during the pandemic. These are very individual decisions, but it is important to know how the situation in the world, in your community, will affect your care. COVID aside, this is important of what happens if it snows, you know, what happens if there is a hurricane, you know, weather emergencies, any sort of emergencies that affect the function um, you know, the ability of the cancer centers to stay open and provide care, how will that impact your treatment? So these are really, really important questions. And lastly, and the most important is you want to ask your oncologist, what is the goal of this treatment? When we think about cancer treatment, I always break it down into two categories. So I tell my patients, your first goal is going to be you found the cancer, you want to get rid of it. And then the second goal is how do I keep it from coming back or reducing my risk of recurrence. If you have metastatic cancer or stage four cancer, meaning it has spread to other organs, your goal may be very different. 
But whatever treatment you are getting, the key is that you understand what the goal of that treatment is and how it fits in. So for example, when we talk about chemotherapy before surgery, we talk about why we're doing that and how that's going to help us to get rid of the cancer. When we talk about metastatic breast cancer, we talk about how treatment helps us to keep the cancer from growing. Whatever it is, and it's going to be different for different stages and different cancers, you need to understand why you're doing a treatment. The treatments are complicated, and sometimes you may not understand or recall all of the you know, little nuances to the treatment, and that's why it's always so important to bring someone with you or have them virtually with you uh, through FaceTime or whatnot. But understanding why you're doing something is really key. You want to walk out of that first consultation with the oncologist understanding that. And if you don't, or if you're not sure, ask and ask until you are clear as to what the treatment is. Those are our five key questions that we're going to ask at that first oncology consultation. So to recap, we're talking about who is part of the care team, how do you reach your oncologist, who is on call, how to get in touch with the team, getting a second opinion, whether or not to do it, the effect of COVID-19 or other emergencies on your cancer care, and finally, the goal of treatment. The second part of this is questions that you're going to ask during your active treatment. And again, like I said, again, like I said, that's going to be different depending on what your treatment is and what your cancer type is. But the key again is to ask to come to those visits prepared, to understand what the purpose is of each visit. So if it's a chemotherapy follow-up, you know you're going to be assessing the side effects of the treatment and you want to come prepared with those questions. You may want to ask questions about how, how, how am I doing? How is the treatment going? Do you feel like I am doing well on the treatment? Again, these are all questions to the oncologist. And then you continuously want to discuss what the next steps are. You know, if it's, let's say, in the beginning of your chemotherapy, the next steps may be very kind of broad. All right, so when I'm done with chemotherapy, am I going to have surgery, for example? But as you get closer to being done with chemotherapy, you may want to start getting into the more, you know, the, the more nuanced details, being a little bit more specific. And again, if there are any changes to the plan during this time, you want to make sure you ask your oncologist why those changes are happening if you're not sure why. During this time, during that active treatment time, the most important thing is that, that honest and open communication and transparency. So if you don't understand something, ask. If you just want to go over it again, that's okay. If you want to go over some of the side effects of the chemotherapy, ask. Oncologists are not mind readers and neither are patients. So a lot of times we don't always know what the patient is thinking and vice versa. So for example, if I'm seeing someone to talk about chemotherapy side effects and it seems like everything is going well, we'll say, great, you're doing really well. We're seeing a nice response. You're going to go get your chemotherapy now. I don't have any way of knowing that my patient wants to talk about, well, what are the next steps? 
bring it up. Don't be afraid to ask those questions and to have that conversation. And it may not be, you know, if you had a whole visit and you talked for a long time about chemotherapy side effects, that visit may not be the right time to have another long conversation about the next steps. So you may want to say, you know, at our next visit, can we talk about this? Some people need to schedule another visit to just go over certain things. So that's okay, but it's all about that communication that's going to make your relationship and your treatment and your experience that much better. So the third part of this is what happens after you're done with active treatment. Some patients will not be done with active treatment and will have to continue on treatment for a long time or sometimes even the rest of their life. That all depends on the stage of the cancer and what, again, that treatment plan looks like. That's a different conversation that we'll talk about you know, on some other episodes of the Teaching Tuesday series. However, for patients who have an early stage cancer who finish, let's say, their chemotherapy or they finish their active treatment, and that, again, is going to differ, they're now coming in for follow-up visits. Those visits may be every three months, they may be every six months, they may be every year. They're going to differ and they're not always going to be at the same frequency and duration. So the top five questions that you want to kind of make sure you ask or have a grasp on are as follows. Number one, how often are my follow-up visits? This is important. You want to have a sense of what that follow-up is going to look like and how it's going to change over time. Number two, what are we looking for at these visits? For example, for my breast cancer patients who, let's say, have finished chemotherapy and surgery and maybe they're on tamoxifen or an astrozole or something like that, the goal of those visits is, one, to assess how they're doing on their medication and to assess for any new symptoms that could be a sign of cancer recurrence. Sometimes those visits will have blood work. Sometimes they won't. But understanding why you're coming, what the purpose is of those visits is very important. A lot of people have or struggle with coming after they're done with active treatment. It can be very anxiety provoking, you know, especially if you're only coming now every few months. It can be a lot of people have anxiety about their coming where they had chemotherapy and it's it's very stressful so understanding what the goals of those visits and what they're trying to accomplish can again lessen some of that anxiety and put some of the control back into your hands number three is what testing will i need to have if i need to have blood work what blood work would it be for example in ovarian cancer we're doing the ca125 tumor marker at our visit for certain other kinds of cancers it may mean CAT scans, maybe an MRIs for breast cancer, it's mammograms, you know, again, it differs, but you want to know what testing. So again, it's not a surprise. You're, you're understanding and you're anticipating, okay, I'm going to come for my visit. They're going to ask me these questions and I'm going to need to have these tests. So nothing is a surprise and you are very prepared. Number four, what symptoms should I be watching out for? This is a really common and important question. If the goal of these visits is to assess for recurrence, 
that's helpful, but you also are not coming every week. You're coming every few months, maybe even every six months or once a year. So you want to know what you want to be looking for at home, you know, so that you can assess and if something's problematic, if something's changed, if something doesn't feel right, you are calling the oncologist before that visit. What we don't want is to say, oh, I've been having new symptoms for a month and I have a visit coming up in three months, I'll just mention it then. The type of symptoms to watch out for is going to be different based on each cancer. So you have the conversation with your oncologist, what should I be looking out for? They may give you some you know, basic symptoms to watch out for. But ultimately, a good rule of thumb is if something feels off or something is new and it's not going away, reach out and say, hey, I've been having this symptom. What do you think? And that way you can have a conversation. Finally, number five is asking about lifestyle changes. I get this question all the time. What should I be doing? What should I be eating? How much should I be exercising? What vitamins should I be taking? What supplements should I be taking? This also differs between each cancer type. The types of diets that are recommended, the amount of maybe certain supplements is going to differ. But you wanna have that conversation about what you can be doing to improve your health to reduce your risk of recurrence, if that's possible, to reduce your risk of a new cancer. For example, in breast cancer, that's going to include minimizing alcohol use, increasing your exercise, limiting processed foods, eating more plants, a Mediterranean-based diet. These are all things you want to have a conversation about with your oncologist so you know how to empower yourself to make those healthy lifestyle choices to improve your health down the road. So that's where we are. So to recap those last five questions that you're going to ask kind of in a more follow-up setting, number one is the frequency of the follow-up. Number two is the goal of those follow-up visits, what they're trying to look for and accomplish. Number three is any diagnostic testing, blood work scans, imaging, anything like that, procedures that you may need going forward. Number four is symptoms to watch out for. And five is lifestyle changes that you can make. Of course, this is very broad. It doesn't take into account everything and everybody. And these are questions that you don't necessarily have to wait until your follow-up, you know, until you're done with your chemotherapy to ask. I completely understand that some people will never be done with active therapy, and that doesn't mean you shouldn't be focusing on lifestyle or follow-up or testing and symptoms. Obviously, this applies to everything like that, but I just kind of broke it down um, for, for ease of following for today's episode. To recap our whole discussion today, we're talking, the first part of the episode talks about questions to ask at that first oncology consultation. This is, again, medical oncology. Those questions really set you up to understand what your treatment is like and logistics, again, to regain some of that control. The second part is talking about kind of more questions and conversations while you're on active treatment. And then the third part is talking more about that follow-up once you're done with active treatment. These questions obviously, again, like I said, can go in multiple categories, but if you have them on your mind and you write them down and you prepare for your visits, you're going to be that much more empowered 
and that much more in control and in charge of your own health and diagnosis and treatment. I hope you found this helpful. As always, I would really appreciate if you have a few seconds to leave a rating and a review over an Apple podcast to help me grow the show and to bring it to more listeners, or even as simply as sharing it with a friend or a family member or a loved one that you know could benefit from it. If you are listening to this on Tuesday, November 3rd, it is election day and I hope you have voted. If you haven't, it is not too late. As always, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dr. Doplinski. Please let me know what you thought about this episode. Drop me any comments, ideas, questions for future episodes or future guests. Thanks, thanks and I will see all of you next week.